Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 9. Here's Pastor Ryan. A little Gideon Bibles and just start telling, tell somebody, here, here you go. Come to our church. Come to this. Come to that. You, you know, Jesus loves you. Look what he did. You know, you will if you remember the gutter that he pulled you from. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel, for Israel that it, that it may be saved. And if you think about God's heart, John 3, 16, the most famous scripture ever, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. God loves the lost. He wants them to come to know him. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Peter would say, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Remember that. Have a love for the lost. Pray, God, give me a deep love for the lost so that I start opening my mouth on your behalf for their sake. And then he, he goes on in verse 2. For I, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law uh, for righteousness to everyone who uh, believes. And so Paul says, I'm a witness to Israel's zealousness, right? They are a religious uh, uh, people, uh, to say the least. It has been said of Israel that they are a God-intoxicated people. Think about that. They are a God-intoxicated people. When I went to Jerusalem, and I, you see the Wailing Wall, and you, you see the the piousness, you see the religiosity from both the Jews and the Muslims, and you see, you see, there's a lot of religious work happening. But in my soul, in my spirit, I knew that it wasn't according to knowledge. And that's what he's saying here, that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They have some knowledge of God, obviously, but it's not complete, it's not full. Why? Because they miss the one that the prophets and Moses spoke about, that one would come from your loins that will be like me, hear him, Moses said. You know, like, like it was spoken of the Messiah, but they rejected that. So they have semi-knowledge, but not complete knowledge. I think of the rabbis that are preaching in synagogues. They are reading Moses every Saturday across the world. And they just, they have knowledge of God, but not complete knowledge, not without Christ. I think of Dennis Prager, who I love to hear. He's got wonderful, uh, common sense, conservative views. And, you know, but he'll admit Christianity is good, but, but he, doesn't, he doesn't accept Jesus as Messiah. And, and as brilliant as he is in so many things, there's a bl there are blinders there, so we keep them in prayer. Hopefully they'll be removed. But again, it's, 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 they have knowledge, 
but it's not complete, not without Christ. Verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. That, that's some heavy stuff. It says here that they are ignorant of God's righteousness. What is God's righteousness? What makes me right with God? What makes you right with God? Because it, it, that speaks of God's righteousness. Right? His righteous way, it's by faith. Faith in the Son of God. That, to God, is His righteousness. His righteousness is eternal. And the Jews, all the while, they're brought up in the tradition, they're brought up in the Mosaic Law. They, they think that they are right with God because they keep these things. Because they're Jewish. And the stumbling block is that they are ignorant to God's um, definition of righteousness, which is faith. It's like, wait a minute, I've been used, I've been used to feeling good about myself by keeping all these rules, regulations, and I feel pretty good about myself. I, you know, I went to temple, I went to, you know, I day of atonement, I did my good deeds, I I I feel good about myself and I think I'm okay. You have to die to that. Because that's not God's righteousness. That's your philosophy of how you feel right before God. And it, it doesn't work. And it says here that they, they, that they do not submit to the righteousness of God. They do not place themselves under the righteousness that he defines as what is righteous. That is, you have faith in my son. They, they say, no, that's too easy. We've worked, you know, we've worked. And it says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So Christ emphatically ends the law. It, it, it means that he, he terminates the requirement because he fulfills it. Not that he, that he destroys it. He just, it's done. Its purpose is fulfilled in his life. That's why he said in Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. No one can keep the laws of God. Those, the 10 commandments and all of the commandments and all of the rituals and all of the feasts and everything that was given to the Hebrews in the Old Testament scriptures, in order to be right with God, they had to complete all of that perfect and nobody, nobody can keep those laws perfectly save one, which is Jesus Christ, who was Jewish, who was perfect, who kept the law and who died on the cross to take away the curse of the breaking of the law, which everyone broke it, but not him. And the law's purpose was to bring man to their knees in desperation. They say, oh, I tried, but I can't keep the law. I keep breaking it. And the good news is that Jesus came. He is the answer. He is God's path of righteousness for this world. And his own people cannot get over. I feel good because I, I do all these things. And, you know, a lot of people still live that way. And 
they try to keep laws and rules and they think that this is how this is what makes them good before God. The law did not and could not in itself provide righteousness before God for the individual. I read a really cool commentary on, on the godly religious Jew. And that the godly religious Jew would be more susceptible to receive the gospel of Christ. Hear me out. Uh, and this is uh, Walvard and Zuck is who I use a lot. Dallas Seminary, good guys. Old, it's an old school commentary. A, a godly Jew who believed in Yahweh and followed the Levitical system, including the sin offering and the trespass offering, would most likely be inclined to respond to Christ by faith and would receive God's righteousness. He then can meet the righteous requirement of the law by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In contrast, a Jew who sought by the works to establish his own righteousness would, would not recognize Christ as the end of the law and would stumble over him. If you look at your Old Testament, did Abraham not believe in God and he was before the law? If you look at your Old Testament, did Moses, who the law was given to, did he have faith in God? Yes. So see, God sees throughout history not all Israel is Israel, but there are some there that truly thought, man, I love God. This is why I'm going to the feast day. I love God. This is why I'm doing these rituals. I love God. This is why I'm going to circumcise my son on the eighth day. I love, they were doing, they truly had faith in him. So when they heard the gospel later on, when Christ came and was resurrected and is at the right, and they heard the gospel, they're more susceptible to receiving it. And I think that's what Christ did when he died on the cross. He went and preached to those in Abraham's bosom and gave them the totality of the gospel message. And I believe all of them folks were ready to go because by faith they, they did those things. It didn't make them righteous, but they were still people of faith. And God honored that. Interesting stuff. Verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. And he wrote that in Leviticus, but no one can fully live by them. Nobody did. But yet that's what was written, right? And that's why they had all of their ways of dealing with sin, the peace offering, the trespass offering, all of, all of those. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven uh, or ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down uh, from above or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so here it says, you know, you know the man who does them shall uh, live by faith, that's the law, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. The righteousness of, of faith speaks in this way. God doesn't have to do it all over again. Faith says it is finished. Christ was already born in Bethlehem. We're going to commemorate that on Christmas, right? We, he came into the world, he, pre, he lived a sinless life, 
He would, his ministry is recorded over three years of his life. He died on the cross for our sins. On the third day, he raised from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father praying for us. It is already finished. Faith doesn't say he's got to do all that stuff again in order for us to be right with God. Faith says you just believe in that and that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. You believe on him. You confess them. That's why we, we have altar calls so that people have an opportunity to say, I'm done with my sin and publicly I'm confessing Christ. Letting it be known. I'm, I'm, I'm living for Jesus now. That's why we do it. But, but the righteousness of God is just simply believe in them. Simply believe in them. People today though, like I was, I was saying, you, it's, it, you know, in a sense, just like, Israel with the works of the law that they think they're, they're, that they're right with God because they do these things. I mean, if you think back to your own experience, do you know anybody that way? I grew up in the Mexican-American culture. I grew up in South El Monte and we had Epiphany Catholic Church. And I know, man, that as we went there, as I saw, as I would go there and growing up and going to mass and stuff, you know, it was very religious. I know that there's people who love God who have who I believe Catholics that have given their life to the Lord, they're good. But generally the system, it kind of, it, it creates a sense of I've done my religious duty. Now I can go about living for myself the rest of the week. And so there's a lot of, of lawlessness, but then the idea of I just go back and make it right. That's not biblical Christian living. That's, that's really putting down the fact that Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That puts down the word of God that says, he who is born again does not sin, does not practice sin. And you go on and on about, about in the word about how one must be born again of the spirit. But I know that. I know that people today, they, I, I've known people who, friends that have been Amazing citizens who in their jobs do a lot uh, for helping people in their work, who have sought in their careers to get higher education and to grow, get, go higher in, the, in their line of, of, of work so that they can help others. They're very, uh, you know, uh, they have big hearts and are very open to helping people. But yet they think that that's what makes them okay with God. And that's not what makes us okay with God. That we do good works, that we have a big heart towards the poor. That's not the righteousness of God, though he says to do good works, but we do good works because we've been saved. But it's this sense of, I'm a good person because I do all of these good charitable things. That's not true. There's an underline of pride. Why won't you submit to his righteousness that says your life no longer belongs to you, but it belongs to Jesus Christ because he gave his life for you. Because there's something underlying in their life of good works that they don't want to submit to. And look at Hollywood. Look at celebrities. They all are living for themselves, but they got to throw in a charitable something, something, so that people can think that they're even more awesome than they already think that they are. And Christ says, look, it's, it's no good works can you do. None. None. 
And I'm not knocking anybody, but I'm just saying, guys, there's philosophies out there where people have made up their own mind. This is why I'm righteous before God. And Christ is saying through Paul that they just do not want to submit under the righteousness of God, which is by faith. They're still, you know, that's why they say your truth is your truth. My truth is just what God says. And God says I'm saved by faith or by grace, by faith in Christ. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's what he says. I know, I remember one of the early funerals that I did as a minister was for an infant that she passed away, a little baby girl, didn't make it out of the hospital. And uh, her grandparents flew in from Connecticut staunch Catholics and said to me you know pastor I'm so glad that a priest was able to go to the hospital room before she passed away to be able to baptize her you know and it's a sad comment whoever declared that route towards righteousness you don't find that in the Bible at all that baby's fine that baby's fine no baptism is going to save anybody. Baptism isn't to be saved. Baptism is because you've been saved. And so God has his standards of righteousness. And this world has made up all kinds of, 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 of new forms of, of, of how to get to heaven. And it isn't, it isn't biblical. I've, I've heard, you know, people like to tell me what they've done, like their good works, like... That I, so that I can change my stand, God's standards that he's taught me to their standards. They, 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 that's what ministers get from people. And I remember someone telling me, you know, I gave 500 bucks to the Catholic Church. If you think about our tithing and stuff, if we really tithe the way we're supposed to tithe, shouldn't we overcome that like in a few months? If not one month? I mean, think about it. But they think it was 500 bucks. Nobody gives 500 bucks. And that's how I thought when I first came into the church. You know, I saw my friend's dad put 40 bucks in the, in, the, in the tithe box. And I thought, this dude is brainwashed. Because that's, that's how big of a philosophy in my way of thinking that was unbiblical that I thought, like, that was big. That's small potatoes. You want to know what's big? Is giving God your life. That's big. Money is small potatoes. That's just part of it. But if he has your life, that ain't, that ain't a problem. You're going to do what you do. In fact, you know what they say, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, it works in the world, but not in the church, huh? That's too, that's, you know. But anyways, but I, I'm reminded of the Samaritan woman at the well who, you know, when the Lord said to her, give me a drink. She said, well, how are you, a Jew, speaking to a Samaritan when, when the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? And he said, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink and he would give you living waters. And I'm paraphrasing, but she said, you have nothing to draw the water. The well is deep. And how are you going to get this living water? Yada, yada, yada. And he ends up telling her, call your husband. And she said, I have no husband. And he said, you're right, you've had five of them. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. In this you truly have, said, have spoken. 
And then she proceeds to say, oh, you know, she says, I perceive you're a prophet. You know, how could he know all her dirt, right? And uh, she said to him in John 4, uh, 20, 26 through 26, he says, our she said to him, our fathers worshiped on this mountain. She's a Samaritan. This is northern Israel. You know, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for the salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called, the, called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, which I wish I was there to hear, I who speak to you am he. Nicodemus, religious Jew, teacher of Israel, came to Jesus by night. And Jesus said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god this is god's form of righteousness born of water and spirit i believe water refers to the word of god you hear the word of god by faith and you give your life to the lord and his spirit comes in there, into you water of the word the holy spirit born again that's the only way good works it can be a lot of good works people who've done a million times more good works in us and they're not going to be in heaven. But we do good works because he has loved us. Not to get into heaven. It is only by faith. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the name of the Lord, for the same Lord is over all, over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved we shall not be put to shame those are beautiful beautiful words because there's a lot of shame in my past and i'm glad that he takes care of it amen, amen. let's let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you for your mercy and for your grace and for your love Father, I pray that you would mold us and shape us to be more like Jesus. That as you offer the free gift of salvation to the world, that we would freely receive your mercy for those of us who have blown it in our flesh, said the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing, did the wrong thing when we know better. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us by the precious blood of Jesus and help us to walk in the Spirit and to know with joy that 
just by confessing our sin to you every day, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to give us your righteousness. Forgive me for my sins. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.